Jenny and I walked into the Billings International Airport. It was a nice looking airport, but tiny, barely an entire terminal. In my wallet, I had one last fake ID and the single most important SD card. Jenny and I disagreed about what was on that SD card. I thought it was COVID-19 research data. Jenny thought it was data about global warming. She'd also been in contact with Bossman95, and we were both confused. We also both just wanted to get it to a dead drop for Bossman95 ASAP before we got caught with it. The night before, we had stashed my backpack at a truck stop in Denver. Jenny placed an anonymous call to the FBI, letting them know about the four SD cards and who the owner was. The owner was doxxed by work from the members of the Dark World forums. We got into line of security. I didn't have any bags at all, and Jenny had ditched everything but her purse. We didn't need much. A two-hour direct flight to Seattle, and it was all over. We had the QR codes open on our phones. My stomach felt like it was hosting a butterfly cage match. I was nervous. Come on, Sean. You can do this. This is Kill Switch recording 10. I call it 11. There wasn't much of a line at security. There wasn't much security at all. Think of a big airport security, like Denver, Chicago, JFK. If that was Bigfoot, the security footprint in Billings, Montana was the size of a newborn. We queued up with only a few people in front of us. If only I could get through security here, there would be nothing stopping me from delivering the SD card to Bossman 95 Secure Drop in Seattle. The card, along with the address to the Secure Drop, was in my wallet. Also in my wallet, my last fake ID. Did I look like a Horatio Donovan? Well, my picture was on the ID, and we'd used Horatio's name to buy the ticket. I'd crossed my fingers. I'd bought the ID off a Dark World Marketplace vendor. Would it work? I'd know in about two minutes. One of the TSA staff bellowed, Nick! We shuffled forward. I was third in line. There were two people checking tickets and IDs at the TSA gate. One was a woman whose eyes were wide open, taking in everything, master of her domain. Nick! I was second in line. Wide open eyes agents seemed to be wide awake, caffeinated, and strict. The other TSA agent looked massively hungover. Probably he'd been out the night before drinking and wondering how he ended up working at TSA when he dreamed of, what, becoming a firefighter, safari guider, rodeo bull rider, hang glider? I had a 50-50 chance. It was Miss Strict or Hungover Man. If I wanted to breeze through security, I definitely hoped to draw Captain Hangover. Miss Strict bellowed, and the captain flinched. Yep. Hung over for sure. Miss Strict was probably doing it on purpose. I was now next in line. If Hungover Man would work a little freaking faster, the guy standing in front of his podium would move on to the conveyor belts. H Man could whisper, Next! And I would be his. On my right, Miss Strict was processing people like a TSA version of Usain Bolt. Come on, H Man. Faster! As I waited, I turned to nod at Jenny to silently wish her good luck. And who did I see? Kevin, standing right behind Jenny. Dude pops up more often than a killer in a horror movie. Shit, 
Then I heard, Next. I was up. But I didn't move. I was looking for Barry. Where there was Kevin, there was Barry. But where was he? I heard, Next. I glanced over to see which agent I got. You want to guess? The strict one, of course. That's right. Was there ever any doubt? Strict one barked. Ticket and ID. The plan had been, if this didn't work, if I got detained, Jenny wouldn't try to go through security. She would pivot, walk to the right. I'd drop my wallet and kick it along the floor like a hockey puck. Theoretically, Jenny would take the wallet and run for it. If I was caught, I was trusting Jenny to get that SD card to Bossman95 somehow. And somehow help Teresa. At all costs. But now Kevin stood right behind her in line. If I didn't make it past security, that plan was shot. I handed my ticket and ID to Miss Strict TSA agent. She looked at the ID, then at me. It was me in the picture. That part was real. The name was real, too. Horatio Donovan. It just wasn't my name. Miss Strict TSA shined a light at the ID, holding it at several angles. She looked up at me and started to speak. I glanced back to see Jenny, her back turned to me, talking to Kevin, who was facing me. Kevin was talking to Jenny, but he was staring at me. I shivered. I remember Jenny having a long talk with Cop Dracula, too. And I woke up in the truck to hear her whispering to Dan, right before she became a backstabbing traitor. What was she scheming with Kevin? And how did she know my real name was Sean? There was no way. And there was no way Kevin would know where I was, except, of course, they had to be working together. That was it. I was out. I couldn't trust Jenny. No way. And you know what? There wasn't much more I could do. If this whole thing was going to fail, it was going to fail and I was going to jail. If it didn't fail and it did prevail and I stayed out of jail, I could go to Teresa and tell her the tale in full detail. I could tell her in person. Right there with her. Holding her hand. Kissing her big, stupid forehead. Oh, come on, I can do this. I'm going to see her again before dark. I have to do this. Miss Strick spoke. Take off your mask and hat. I complied. She looked from me to the ID and back. Then again, me to the ID and back. Suddenly, Miss Strick circled something in red pen. She jotted something in blue pen and handed me back the ID and ticket. She bellowed, Next! Mr. Hungover Man flinched. Had I done it? I think I've done... Yeah, I did it. I made it. I looked around and saw Jenny. She gave a scooting motion with her hands. Kevin did too. They both encouraged me to go. What in the world? I didn't have any bags, so I put my shoes and wallet into a bin and quickly walked through that scanner thing where they can see through your clothes. I glanced back. Jenny and Kevin were at the TSA podiums. The body scanner invaded my privacy. Kevin and Jenny were unloading their pockets, taking off watches and belts. I stood at those two yellow footprints, waiting to be cleared of the body scanner. Once cleared, I snatched my shoes and wallet from the conveyor belt. Put on my shoes as Kevin, then Jenny, cleared the body scanner. I jogged to the escalator as they grabbed their belongings. I ran up the escalator to the top, and... And I saw Barry, blocking my way, waiting for me. I turned around, but Jenny and Kevin were sprinting up the escalator, carrying their shoes. Kevin was running right at me. I couldn't avoid him without running into 300-pound Barry. Jenny was right behind Kevin. Kevin wasn't huge, but he had a head of steam. He was headed right at me. I closed my eyes, then I opened my eyes. Kevin had missed me and ran right into Barry. Little Kevin had taken down Big Barry. Jenny grabbed my hand. She said, Kevin's got this. Let's go. She led me to gate three. Our flight was already boarding. I looked back. Airport security was pulling Kevin off of Barry. Barry was pointing at us and yelling. Kevin was yelling. It was chaos. Chaos. 
Our seats were not together. I sat in the middle of the plane. Jenny was toward the back. I wanted to ask her what was going on with Kevin, but she was too far away. I had an aisle seat. I felt vulnerable. Normally, I like the aisle so I can get up to pee without bothering anyone. But what I would give for a window seat where I could slump down, pull up my mask, and down my hat, pray for the plane to take off. Or to taxi. At least to frickin' move. Five minutes. Ten. Come on, people. Let's go. We sat there. Fifteen minutes. Other passengers became restless. Twenty. Were these delays normal for small airports? Then... The door closed and locked. The cabin began to pressurize as the pressure rised from my shoulders. Finally, all that was left was taxiing and then taking off. But still, we didn't move. 25 minutes. 30. And then... Then the door reopened and I saw two TSA cops board. Behind them, Big Barry. I went peacefully. I couldn't make a scene here or the plane would never take off. I needed that plane to take off ASAP. They cuffed me right there in the plane. I glanced back at Jenny. With my eyes, I looked at her and then the seat I had been sitting in. I tried to send her telepathic messages. Look at my seat. Then they hauled me off. The other passengers didn't know what was going on, but as I was stepping off the plane, I heard them break out in applause. But that's not how I was going down. As soon as we exited the gangway, I ducked my shoulder and the cop in front, jerked away from the cop behind, and I ran. It's hard to run wearing handcuffs. You can't swing your arms. It's all shoulders. But I ran through the terminal, down the exit escalator, out into the sunshine and wide open blue sky, where I was tackled. Barry said, Gotcha, numbnuts. I lay on the sidewalk, knee in my back, and I heard Jenny's plane to Seattle take off. Ten minutes later, I was in a small office slash break room. It had a couple of vending machines and a kitchenette. Kevin was already there. Ruffled hair, torn clothes, cuts and bruises, and he was handcuffed. Barry was ordering people around. The room I was sitting in desperately needed new vinyl blinds and a paint job. And by the looks of them, the two rent-a-cops there desperately needed iron shirts and a hand job. Kevin leaned in and said, Barry has a fake FBI badge. The local schmuckles don't have a clue. Barry looked over and said, Hey, no talking. Barry went back to scheming with the two airport security cops. I whispered, Hey, man, thanks for trying to help. Uh, sorry I stunned you, you know, back in Atlanta. Kevin shifted uncomfortably. He said, Yeah, that hurt. But it's part of the job when you work security. I said, Why did you follow me? Kevin said, I had to keep an eye on Barry, Bossman 95's orders. From across the room, Barry bellowed, I said no talking. Barry strided over and pulled up Kevin roughly. He pushed him over to a chair in the corner and shoved him into it. He growled, Shut up. An hour later, Barry and the two airport rent-a-cops led us out to the curb and stood us in front of a cheap rental car. The two cops pushed Kevin and I into the back seat, and Barry squeezed into the driver's seat. 
He got out his phone and tapped it a couple of times. He said, Did you get it? I heard two dings and both cops looked at their phone screens, smiled like they won the lottery and said, In unison, Yes, sir. Then they high-fived. We drove off. It was dusk. Jenny's plane would soon land in Seattle. Hopefully, she'd check my seat for where I stashed my phone and wallet. Hopefully, she'd see the address and instructions for how to dead drop the SD card to Bossman95. Or else, all of this was for nothing. Less than a mile later, Barry pulled over. He opened Kevin's door and yanked him out. It was dusk, and I couldn't quite see what was happening. I could see the lights from the city below. The airport was at the top of a cliff. A couple of minutes later, Barry came back alone. He got in. I said, what did you do with Kevin? Barry said, fuck off. An hour later, we stopped at the end of a tiny, windy dirt road in the middle of nowhere. There was a sign for a wildlife preserve. Barry got out, got me out, got a stun gun out, just like the one I hit Kevin with, and said, now, we're going to talk about where you stashed that SD card with the cyber weapon. Now, that is it for that recording. Just one more recording, and this series is over. I'm excited. You excited? Check out HansAnderson.com slash Killswitch.